secure a woman leader is, the more she's prepared to to raise and mentor those behind her to go beyond her. I don't have to stop being uh, gracious or, or be less feminine to survive and thrive in this environment. Welcome to our first show for 2019, or as one of my friends likes to say, 20 nice things. How has the new year been treating you? How are those new year goals going? Are you and your sneakers best friends and are they nice and sweaty? Are you and the alarm clock in love with each other again and you're not throwing it against the wall? Um, How's that budget going? Are you finally in control of it like you said you would last year? If so, well done to you. If not, perhaps you might be feeling like you want to press reset on 2019. And if that's you today, then this is a safe space. You are so welcome here. Whatever the new year has meant to you thus far, I trust that today's episode will awaken your soul in a new and fresh way. This is Hungry Woman at Work, the podcast for the woman who wants to thrive at work, without losing her soul. I'm Navila Malloy, and I'm so blessed that you are joining us today. If you're a new listener, on each episode, we feature insights from amazing women who are thriving in their sphere of influence without compromising their values. And that sphere of influence could be the boardroom or the home headquarters. It could be the lecture halls, or it could be on the sports field. We want to hear what is making them thrive while keeping their souls intact. The guest on today's show is a woman who's been slaying it in the media sector for the past number of years. Welcome, Julie Cunningham. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me on the show today. So, Julie, um, I've known you for a number of years and I am still gobsmacked by your CV. Um, (laughs) So, you're currently a business consultant specializing in strategic communications but over the past number of years and I have to read this because it's such an extensive list of stuff that you've accomplished so you've been a former broadcast journalist Um, you've been the youngest ever producer on carte blanche a national news interest and current affairs shows you have been a producer for ENCA a news channel a freelance opinion writer and columnist and a blogger. You were on the Mail and Guardian top 200 young South Africans list in 2011. And you also once saved up all your money to jump on a plane and go to CNN and convince them to give you an internship which they went ahead and did. (laughs) So clearly, lady, you are not a lady who's waiting for things to happen to her. That's that's right, yes. That's an accurate description of who I am. So. <laughs> so tell us about this eventful journey in the media space and how you've come to where you are today. Um, I think, you know, it started for me in uh, high school when uh, my best friend was an Indian classmate and um, the rest of the school was largely white and I couldn't understand why... Uh, she was, yeah, 
one of only a few Indian pupils in the school and what was missing. I felt like there was something missing and something that I didn't know about the society that I lived in. And, um, yeah, I started asking questions and I found it very strange that my parents, uh, yeah, lived such a a perhaps parochial and closed-minded, not meaningfully so, but closed-minded life and existence uh, and weren't asking more questions about what was going on. Uh, Information was difficult to come by, but for me, that just there was something in my soul that knew that there there was something that I wasn't being told. So this started in high school where, and fed my curiosity, and also built uh, within me a desire to be a, a nation builder. And I felt like uh, there were friendships and and uh, that I was missing, and people that I was meant to know that I didn't know because of. Yeah, the way the whole apartheid system had been set up. So it was always this longing to know more and to discover more and to be a witness to history. So, yeah, for me in high school, I took part in debates and I was very good at history. It was my top subject. Uh, and I really then developed this desire to to be a witness to history and to report on what was going on not just in our country, but across the world and to understand the world. So I think that insatiable desire um, and curiosity drove me to then uh, achieve these various things. It wasn't, oh, I want to achieve these things because I want to be a top this or that. It, it was that curiosity and that passion for the truth that kind of got me into these various newsrooms and various situations. As someone who's been in the sector for a number of years, what are some of the trends you've seen in the media over the past few decades when it comes to, in particular, women in media? Um, Are there still the same challenges that women are facing today as we were many years ago? Have things changed? Are they getting better? What are your thoughts? Uh, it's been a, a few years since I've worked in the media space, but I have seen I have seen changes that have been encouraging, and probably started you know fifty years before I even entered uh, the industry, especially globally. And that is women being at the forefront of reporting uh, what's what's happening globally and politically within our own country, um, and with the advent of of technology Mm -hmm. assisting us in the work that we do we've seen news breaking much faster and also um, I believe improving the access of women both rurally and in cities to be able to get positions in newsrooms no matter um, yeah what your background is or yeah where you come from your color or your creed for a journalist to make it the, the same for me, always applies. They have to be intensely curious. They have to be incredibly courageous. uh, And, yeah, they have to be unafraid and also uh, confident in dealing with people like the mafia or um, (laughs) dealing with death threats and the like. And I've I've seen women um, in the financial sector and um, our general um, newsrooms being more than willing to to break those kind of stories, sure. And uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of them having pushed pushed the envelope far past what I would be comfortable with. And I'm I'm sure. really really 
really proud of them and we should really look after them. So I don't see I don't see boundaries. Um, yeah, if you've got those characteristics and you are ballsy and you never give up and don't take no for an answer, there isn't an editor that can keep you out of their newsroom in this country. Sure, in my that view. is so. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. You are managing so many different roles in your life and you are also a very happy wife and mom of two beautiful kids. Um, what principles are you using to help you juggle these many different roles? Wow, sure. Well, uh, he has uh, grace and strength to every mom um, and wife and <laughs> worker out there. The world has changed so much that I think uh, work is a lot more flexible than it's ever been before. But there's also more pressures and more demands on women than there have been in any other generation before. So true, hey? so, so true. Exactly. And we're all navigating that space and we're also trying to force cor uh, corporates and workplaces to make a way for us so that we don't have to lose our minds in this space. Uh, and I see myself as playing whatever role I can uh, to make sure myself and other women um, don't have to... Uh, deal with undue pressures in this space and and I'm, I'm glad to report back that I have by sticking to to my values and saying well we don't have to compromise on family values well we can done. do our work well excellently done. and this that has given other permission uh, other women in my workspace also the permission uh, to see wow. okay I can do my job well while also asking for um, what's reasonable Yes, you know, yes. Um, I like yeah. what you said um, that your actions have helped give other women permission because sometimes there is a perception of us um, being so pitted against each other instead of being the ones that can open doors for each other. How do you, um, how do you cultivate a healthy sense of sisterhood in a working environment and in your industry where it could potentially be quite competitive? Um, how do you develop those authentic friendships in that context sure that, that's really hard because unfortunately the most difficult bosses i've ever had have always been women <laughs> and um listen yeah. to my the first the first podcast um where i i give the background of how hungry women started i list all of them um the one who i said if you think of um the character from the devil wears prada yes. you know when she came we all scurried to our desks made sure everything that's, was clean yeah. And it was such a disappointment that after, I don't know, probably my first six or seven years of work, I said, yes. if I never work for a female yes. boss again, I would be too yes. happy. And what a what a sad reality to yes. be confronted with or a place to be. So I think uh, this competition comes from deep insecurity. So mm, for me, mm, the more mm, secure mm. I've become as a woman and you know, not having a need to prove myself at all has made me really inoculate those kind of situations because when I find women who are in senior positions or higher um, than me and um, they try to bully me or uh, I, I just find graciousness has worked really well and also just to uh, not to retaliate with a competitive spirit, hmm. you know, not hmm. to, not to back down, but to say I don't have to stop being uh, gracious um, or or be less feminine to survive and thrive in this environment. And I've just focused on my excellence and my my work ethic. 
But really for me now, it really doesn't matter who gets the credit um, and everything is about teamwork. So, yeah, that, that's for me important. The more secure a woman leader is, the more she's prepared to to raise and mentor those behind her to go beyond her, you know. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. You, you've touched on something so big that being secure in yourself um, – for the woman who's out there now, maybe struggling with those issues of insecurity and self-esteem, what kind of practical advice, what kind of guiding principles would you offer to her today? Well, I, I think each woman needs to know their unique identity because nobody can replace you anywhere in the world. There's only one of you and you're wonderfully and beautifully unique and God loves you uniquely he doesn't love you the same way as anybody else and if you know what you bring to the table that nobody else can bring it, nothing and no one can make you feel jealous you know wow. so for me so like true. to dig so deep true. into your identity if there's something within somebody else that's making you feel jealous you know perhaps you're trying to copy them or mm. to be them mm. or maybe mm. you're jealous of the affections that they are receiving because you're not in touch with uh, the affection that you have from God and the love that you ha have from those around you. And, uh, I mean, those are always good lessons. You can ask yourself, is it because I've been so selfish and mean that I'm not surrounded by the love that I would like or that that other woman has? So then again, turning it back on yourself and saying, okay, what you, what is my identity? What unique offering do I have to bring, into the, uh, bring to the table? And let me be the best me that I can be. So I can be surrounded by love and affirmation. And then it doesn't matter when X, Y, and Z are, are being affirmed and loved. And then also being okay that people don't always know the truth about other people. Absolutely. You know? so, and, Absolutely. And that's okay. You yeah. know who you are and, yeah. and God knows who you are. Yes. And you need to run your race without getting distracted and look, uh, looking at other people. Mm. Yeah, so. mm -hmm. I think you've touched quite a few nerves today. Um, yeah, on so many levels. How um, how are you keeping your parenting hat on and mothering as a mom who has herself pulled in so many directions? Um, and what kind of ways are you finding natural spaces to connect with your children in a very busy and full life? Uh, I think the first thing for me is to remember and to always put God first. Uh, where at times where I've put my work above God, everything goes out of balance and then I feel like I'm looking for more affirmation from work than I should be. I'm more worried about what people at work think of me than what they should. Where as uh, when I'm looking at God and God is my source, God is my affirmation, then I can focus on Lord I know that you've called me to first serve you and then to be a wife and a mother and then to be a good worker. And I always live according to those priorities. That's beautiful. Whenever I live according to those priorities, everything works out and I have peace in my heart and I trust God to work it out. And he does. There's grace and the other parts seem to fall into, into place. Um, yeah, so I think that that's the key. 
is to have your priorities right. If you feel like you're working for money and, you know, you can't serve two uh, masters, God and mammon. Yes. And as long as you're choosing your God, that God is the one that you're serving Mm. and not serving mammon, you won't be pulled in 10 different um, directions. And you have, (laughs) yeah, um, someone more powerful than any person helping you with that. Absolutely. Sure. So um, some practical ways that you keep your soul intact um, just on a day-to-day basis, um, whether it is spiritually, physically, emotionally, what are, kind, what are some of the practices that you live by on a day-to-day basis or week-by-week basis that help keep the main thing the main thing for you? Sure, uh, that's that's hard because I'm. I mean, if you look at the Myers Briggs personality types, I'm the ISTP, and and other <laughs> profiles, I'm the individualist or the romantic, and nice. those individuals nice. <laughs> need a lot of alone time, yes, <laughs> and space on their own. So I've had to do a lot of dying to self over the years, sure, to, and I have not, you know, for a number of years, got the time that I've wanted to keep myself centered. I'm much better now than what I was. So uh, I have my, you know, one day a week when I say, okay, I can go for a run or I can go for a walk in nature to keep myself centered. Well or, done. Well uh, done. Yeah. But um, my personality is is difficult is in it? terms of, yeah, we'll take hours and hours and <laughs> hours a day in nature to to feel centered or perfect. But now I'm, yeah, I've, I've surrounded by so many and, yeah, the time's a little bit tight yes, for that day. Eh? Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, you can find your peace it, uh, within uh, – and, and God helps you. God helps you to change your personality to – to be who your children need you to be because it's not always comfortable, but it's it's what you've got and you have to make the best of it. So whether it's just taking a moment on the couch to talk to yourself with a cup of tea, it's just like, okay, you need to pull it together. You've got five <laughs> minutes to have this cup of tea, then you need to put your game face on and be present and go again, even though you don't feel like it. And within that, God gives you you the grace. So. Yeah, it's it's hard, but one learns. He does give the grace. So he absolutely does. Yeah. So onto a section now that we call rapid fire questions. I'm going to fire a few questions at you, and you can just tell me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Yes. A song that gets you through the day. Uh, not a song because I'm not much of a singer, but my digital piano and worship songs gets me uh, through humming in my head during the day. A book that's changed the way you think about work. Uh, all of Mel, uh, John Maxwell's books at the moment, the How Successful People Win book is uh, changing the way I think about work. A gadget or app that helps you work smarter. Uh, Todoist. Your advice to your younger self? To think long term, don't be too idealistic and be practical. Three things that keep you centered? Uh, Going for a run, having a cup of tea and having a walk in nature. One thing you do to overcome distraction? Uh, I give myself pep talks and I write down a list of what I need to do next to keep the focus. Your advice to younger working women? Uh, To plan 25 years ahead and not just think about tomorrow or the next five years. Your advice to senior women leaders? 
uh, don't make other women your competition, but look at it, at how you can be a team player to benefit all women and not just yourself. Julie Cunningham, this has been such a breath of fresh air. Where can people stay in touch with you? I know you blog. Um, where can people follow you or get hold of you? Uh, they can like the Prayful Parenting page on Facebook that uh, I run and just type short pr daily prayers uh, for parents to pray for their children. Otherwise, I'm at uh, Julie Cunning uh, on Twitter. And yeah, everyone can get hold of me that way. Thank you so much for making time with us today. It has been a blessing having you here and here's strength to you for the year ahead. Thank you for having me. Our listener question today comes from Madonna from Limpopo, who also happens to be one of our most dedicated listeners. Thank you, Madonna. She says, Your premise for the show is how to thrive at work without losing your soul. How do I bring more of my soul into my work and keep my soul intact? Thank you for your question, lady. I guess for me, any soul work always begins with having the end in mind. So I'd like to ask you two questions. What kind of legacy or influence would you like to build at work? Which part of your life and character would you most like to be remembered for? The way I keep my soul intact is by knowing my purpose, knowing why I believe I've been called to a particular role or workplace. In episode two, I explained that one of the reasons I started Hungry Woman at Work was to rewrite some of the negative patterns affecting women who want to thrive in their work. Now, I've worked with some leaders who didn't always create the most affirming environments. I've had colleagues who've backstabbed me and direct reports who've betrayed me. We are people and we are imperfect beings, right? We don't always get to choose our colleagues or our bosses. But we do get to choose our why. Why am I there at that workplace right now? Why do I believe I can make a difference through my work? And what are some of the values that can help me thrive? When I focus on those things, I find it's far easier to keep my soul intact in the day-to-day -day stuff. Now, I've been privileged to have some encounters with you, Madonna, and I know you're naturally quite caring and affirming of others. So how about being more intentional about bringing the things that make your soul come alive into your day-to-day. -day. Schedule time to check in on colleagues. Write a note or an email of encouragement to someone who looks like they're having a bad day. Become the type of colleague you want to be remembered as. Here are some ideas from other guests who've previously featured on our show. Annie McWalter said, It starts with setting out what's important to you in terms of values and working out what your passion and purpose is. What's your God-given DNA and how can you bring that into your work? Mbalin Dandani spoke about the power of faith at work. Also, that you make sure that the habits you cultivate now are setting you up for your future roles. Be fully yourself no matter where you are, she said. But also make sure that the things you do at work, the things you say at work, the way you are at work, leave you at peace with yourself when you go home at night. 
Simidele Adiagbo said that God and her family help keep her soul strong. Be who you are, she said. Don't follow anyone else's path for your life. And Lerato Tekiso encouraged us to never swerve from our personal convictions. Don't live half-hearted, she said. Do your best with what you have. Have a core group of people who you are accountable to. And keep your values aligned to the work you do. I hope that's been helpful. If you'd like to add your advice on how to keep your soul intact at work, talk to us on Instagram at Hungry Woman at Work or send us a message on WhatsApp on plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. To listen to more episodes, check us out on SoundCloud, Iono FM, Player FM, or iTunes. Till next time, keep thriving at work without losing your soul.